Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. Dear Christian, God's grace, mercy, and never-ending peace be yours in abundance today as you consider who the captain of your life is. So here's the big question. Do you trust Jesus to be the captain of your life, or do you think that you can be a better captain without him? In the 1700s, the race was on, primarily Spain versus England. Whoever could explore these oceans the fastest, whoever could create colonies the best, they would have a gold mine waiting for them because of the new world and the opportunity there, as well as an even bigger gold mine going forward as trade increased exponentially. Around the year 1740, It was known by England that Spain, two times a year, had a large ship with hundreds of thousands of silver coins traveling across the ocean from Mexico to the Philippines. There, in the Philippines, the Spaniards would purchase silk, spices, other things, and then bring them back to Mexico to sell in the Americas and in Europe. England did not want to be known as sponsoring piracy, so they concocted their plans in secret. They quietly put together a fleet of five ships to go and hijack that ship headed somewhere between Mexico and the Philippines with hundreds of thousands of silver coins so that then they could be rich. This was top secret, though. And as the ships left port from England, they knew our biggest challenge is probably not going to be the Spanish Armada or winning that battle when we get there, if we get there. Our biggest challenge is going to be the furious weather, the volatile sea and wind around the tip of South America because there, gale force winds were very common as the Pacific Ocean meets the Atlantic Ocean. Their 100-foot waves weren't totally unheard of. There, even icebergs were a danger because it's so close to Antarctica. The adventurers knew all of this when they left port, and yet they set their sights on the gold, the silver, the crown, the fame. And so they left and gave it their best shot. One of the captains of one of the ships was a man named David Cheap. It's ironic. His last name was Cheap. And the ship that he was captaining also had an ironic name. The name of the ship was the Wager. So Captain Cheap and his men are on the Wager heading for riches, hopefully. As they got to the tip of South America, though, after all the problems that happened before then between England and there, some men dying, scurvy running rampant, other issues 
they met their match. Things went as badly as they could possibly have gone. And to make a long story short, the wager was wrecked. The crew that was left were marooned on an island that no one inhabited, and no one inhabited any of the other islands anywhere close to there. And the men who had survived this far began to look at Captain Sheep, Captain Cheap, sorry, not Sheep, Cheap, with narrowed eyes, a sideways glance. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy leads us into disaster. He told us we would find gold and silver, fame and fortune, and yet look at us now. We're only finding death. Why should he be the one to give us orders? Why should he be the one who gets to call the, all the shots? We can be our own captain. We don't need him. There was a mutiny on the island as the 90 sailors or so who were left slowly patched together what they could from the ship to make it sailable again. They appointed a new captain and 80 of them left to go home, hopefully, while abandoning former Captain Cheap and a handful of sailors who were loyal to him there on that lonely island. The island now is named Wager Island, and I think you know why. So let's apply that spiritually. You're going through a tough time. Or not. Who is the better captain for your ship? Does Jesus knows, know what he's doing? Is Jesus only in it for himself? Is Jesus only promising a crown, but then only going to lead you to some sort of disaster while he himself takes everything for himself? Can Jesus captain your life appropriately? Or can you captain your own ship much better? There you have a very probing, deep question that has all kinds of application to the way we think, the way we act, the way we approach God, and where we set our sights. The clear answer from Scripture all throughout, as well as today, is... Jesus is the captain of your soul. First the cross, but then the crown. He's the most trustworthy one to ever live. So deny yourself. Pick up your cross when and where they come and follow Him. Be loyal to Him. Even though the very hardest thing in all the world to do is deny yourself. We pick up the scriptures and meet Jesus and his disciples at Caesarea Philippi. If you were here last week, you heard what happened right before our verses start at verse 21, where Jesus was asking the disciples, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Peter, because that was revealed to you from heaven. You never would have figured it out from flesh and blood on your own. And then Jesus began to teach them what that meant, that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
Verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain. Notice, he's explaining, he's teaching. He's not commanding, shouting, lecturing. He began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. And on the third day, he must be raised to life. Sin has to be paid for with blood. And it's either going to be Jesus offering his own blood, or it's going to be every single sinner offering their own blood for their own sins. Those are the only options. And so Jesus began to explain, this is what it means, that I am the Christ. And notice that while he was real and said, the Christ will suffer many things, the Christ must be killed. He also included the crown. The Christ must be raised to life. But it's as though Peter and the disciples never heard that last part. They only heard suffer many things and their ears shut off. Peter had the sinful guts, even though he thought he was being nice and polite, to pull Jesus to the side so he wouldn't be embarrassed in front of the group. And I imagine Peter saying this with a energetic whisper. Never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. As if to say, I'm captaining the ship here, Jesus, about you being the Christ. And I am looking out for you so that you will never have to suffer many things or be killed. That doesn't sound fun at all. And that doesn't sound fun for me either, so we're not going to do that. Do you ever pull Jesus to the side and think you're giving him good advice, but actually you're giving him sinful advice? Get down to the bottom of it, and what you're telling Jesus is, I want to captain my own ship. I want to captain my own life because I don't trust you. And I don't like where you're leading. You're leading to shipwreck and disaster. Some examples when that might come up would be when we say, Jesus, you just need to understand that everybody everywhere is chasing a life with no suffering and peace. And so when I do that, because I have a little bit of lust or a little bit of greed or a little bit of pride, trying to be competitive, to beat out the other guy before he beats me. It's just being normal, Jesus. A little bit of greed and lust isn't bad. But really, what you're telling Jesus there is, I want to captain my own ship, and I'm thinking about human concerns, not godly concerns. How about if you pulled Jesus to the side to say, Jesus, you know all things. You know that I work hard. You know that I make money. You know that I'm creating wealth in some way, shape, or form. Wish I had more, but I'm creating some. You know, Jesus, that there's absolutely nobody anywhere who would say I'm a bad guy, who would say I'm not a good girl. And so therefore, I don't really think I need you to be my Savior. I, I can handle it on my own because I can handle pretty much everything else on my own and most people say I'm a successful human being. 
You can captain someone else's ship who needs you. What pride to tell Jesus that. that as though we're ignoring reality, thinking only of human things and human opinions instead of godly things and God's opinion. What about the flip side when you're saying, I'm in the middle of a shipwreck and the waves I'm facing here are 20 feet high. It's really rocky. I have no stability. And then the next one's coming and it's 40 feet high. And the one next is probably 60 feet high. And I've squandered years and I've hurt people and I don't even know where to start mending anything. Jesus, you don't want to captain this ship. I'm just going to sit here on this lonely island by myself and get what I deserve. See, that's actually a twist though, an ugly twist. It feels like you're being a martyr and selfless, but actually you're being proud. Actually, what you're saying is, Jesus, I'm going to captain my own ship and I'm not going to listen to you. And I insist that my sin is unforgivable and not even you could or would want to do anything about it. What fools we are when our sinful rebel inside, which is active and forceful, gets the best of our heart, drives our activity to where we tell Jesus, even though we probably tell ourselves we mean well, like Peter did that day, that we can captain our own ship better than him. Somehow Jesus doesn't know what he's doing. Somehow Jesus isn't capable of helping. Somehow we know better than him. How does Jesus react to people like that? Well, he came from heaven to earth, didn't he? He denied himself. He was not in it for himself. He was only in it for sinners. He picked up his cross, even though it was painful. And he followed his heavenly Father to the very bitter end. He did that because he knew first the cross, then the crown. And not just a crown for him, but a crown for us. He knew it's either his blood or ours, and he was willing to give up his. He also knows that this sinful rebel inside of us is capable of taking his heavenly gift of eternal forgiveness taking his finished work, a jewel that's already in our possession. Our sinful nature is capable of ripping it up, throwing it away, acting like it's non-existent, and then captaining our own ship into some kind of hell, hellish shipwreck. And so he cares about us too much to let us do that. And that's why his announcement for Peter is also for us. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus loves us enough to look us right in the eyes. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of people. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow me. Let's read these words again, starting at 23. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. 
You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Jesus Christ has already finished his mission of saving you forever. He already has promised that as the captain of your soul, he will lead you to eternal life. Yes, troubles in the meantime. Yes, pressure, difficulty, sometimes because of things out there that are not your fault, sometimes because of things welling up inside of you that very much are your fault. Either way, Christ's eternal advice stands tall. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow Him. Don't let those crosses make you drift from your Savior's arms. So that means when you wish you could control something but can't. When you wish someone out there would change but they aren't. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. When you have to forgive someone yet again for the same thing, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. When you've been in the wrong and you know it, but it's hard to start by saying, I'm sorry. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. When you feel like you can handle it and you don't really need God all that much today, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow Jesus. When something scary is happening and something even worse might be just around the corner that you don't know about yet, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow Jesus. When you feel shipwrecked and lonely, when you feel that God isn't on your side, never mind your feelings. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. Dear friends, it always applies. The story goes, and this is a made-up story, but it teaches a good point. The story goes that somebody was stumbling under their cross of difficulty in life. And they were frustrated and angry at God, kind of like the crew of the wager were angry at Captain Cheap and demanded, you give me another cross. This one's too heavy. So God said, okay. And brought the person to the closet full of crosses. Said, pick out whichever one you want. And all the crosses in there are different shapes, different sizes, different levels of smooth or rough splintered or not and the person sized all them up picked out the smallest smoothest possible cross and said i want this one and god said well that's the one you just had 
I think that's helpful for you when you are isolated and lonely, which we all naturally get to be, thinking our problems are the worst ones in the world and no one else could possibly have it tougher than me today, right now. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. Because first the cross, then the crown. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.